0: You heard my scripture earlier during the lessons and carols, uh, that of John chapter 1 and verse 1 in the beginning was the word. Powerful words, aren't they? Powerful words. Particular to me, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not Overcome it. John's is a special gospel. The other three are very similar, called synoptic, meaning they see the saint. Their themes are Jesus' prophecy fulfilled, Jesus as the Son of Man, and Jesus as the sympathetic Savior. But John Presents Jesus over and over again as the Son of God. He is divine. He states his case in the very first verses. John brings out Jesus' teachings about his equality with the Father as God three in one. It's a mystery, and it's also a profound truth. All three our God. The same essence and eternal characteristics, yet they have their own uniqueness, their own roles within the Trinity, sometimes in Scripture called the Godhead. We celebrate Bethlehem as the place of beginnings. It's a tender and a special place. The shepherd's cave, the stable, the manger, even the modern renderings, it was one of my favorite sites on my visit to Israel years ago. It was not, however, the true beginning for Jesus. It wasn't even close. You see, Jesus had no beginning, no beginning. Eternal truth contrasts with our insistence on everything having a beginning and an ending. But Jesus had no beginning. As our world came into existence, Christ was already there. The pre-incarnate Jesus was the creator. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, we are told that he was the one who created all things and all things were created by him and nothing was made that he did not create. Jesus was here first. Now we gave him the name Jesus, which means God is my salvation because it was his human name that is the aspect of God known as the Son came into the world and with that birth he was Jesus. Prior to that he was just God. He was Yahweh. He was the everlasting ever living one. There was nothing in all the galaxies that he did not speak that did not come into being. Whether it be on earth or whether it be in the galaxy whether it be in the seas, on the land, even under the earth. He created all things. So Bethlehem, well, we look at it as a place of beginnings. Jesus had no beginning. He gave up so much to humble himself. Not only had Jesus had no beginning, reminder of our tiles here, We also know that Jesus had no creator. None. No creator. Christ is fully God as much as the Father. He is fully God as much as the Holy Spirit. His title here in John chapter 1 is the Word. The Word. It comes to us from the Greek word logos. It is the spoken word. Jesus spoke worlds into existence, stars into existence, galaxies into existence, the moon, the earth. He spoke it into existence. He had no creator because he was the creator. He has always been And although our world's philosophy and science struggles with the concept that there could be something without a beginning, our puny understanding does not deny God the right to be who he is. He is creator. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. In the same way that Jesus' voice, his words spoke and all of existence came to be, so his voice can be the tender voice of a shepherd calling his sheep by name. And the sheep hearing that name raising its head in response. The same shepherd that speaks a lamb's voice, but the lamb has wandered off from the rest of the flock if it were a hundred leaving 99 behind and one wandering away as the shepherd calls that voice time and time again he begins to search for the one lamb looking for the one he loves have you heard the voice of the shepherd have you heard the one who speaks your name That gets your attention, that stirs your heart, that makes things all new for you. The sheep hear his voice. Jesus had no creator. The scripture tells us that Jesus is all we need, everything. He is all we need. In him, verse 4, was life. And the life was the light of men. What is life? In John 10, Jesus said, the thief comes but to kill, to rob, to destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it to the fullest in abundance. To have life, you must have food. Have to eat? We have to eat. It's the only way to sustain our body weight, our operation, our function. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread, the bread of life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so Jesus is to us the sustenance, the nutrition, the life gift of God, much as Israel received manna that came from heaven each evening, so that each morning, fresh and new, they could eat and be sustained. And so Jesus is the bread of life that came down from heaven. Each day, our daily bread will we need. He is life. You have to have water. Jesus is the living water. He even said, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you've done so unto me. But he is the living water. In the same way that the woman at the well had Jesus ask her for a drink, and she began to debate religion with him, and he said, if you knew who I was, You'd be asking me for a drink of water, for he is the living water. Not only living water, you have to have shelter, food, water, shelter. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor, all you that are heavy laden and burdened down with life, come unto me, I Will give you rest. Some of you this Thanksgiving visited or had visitors. Chance to come in and eat at the table that someone else prepared. Maybe to watch and see someone else took care of the kitchen. Maybe it was Cracker Barrel. I don't know. Chance to come in and sit down afterwards and be with people you love. And just, ah, rest. Jesus is shelter for us. He welcomes us. His burdens are light. His yoke, that is his partnership of work, is easy. He invites us to come unto him. And of course, for life, you not only have food, water, shelter, but light. To live in darkness is not to live at all. You have to have light. It gives you warmth. It shows the way. It helps you see one another. It establishes fellowship. You gotta have light. Yeah, Jesus is the light. See, darkness is the absence of light. It's not normally an entity unto itself. It is simply remove all light, remove all hope, and all you have is darkness, it disappears as the light begins to shine. But by the scriptures here, sometimes darkness apparently has its own essence, its own evil, its own corruption. Darkness sometimes seems to overcome and overpower Light in the spiritual realm that appears possible. But darkness will never win. Never win. Never win. Darkness will never win. Although it came after Jesus with all its power, although there were no holds barred. There was a total commitment to all forces of evil to impede him, to trip him, to destroy him, to abuse him, to ultimately kill him, to trap him, to seal him, to eliminate him and everything about him from the face of the earth. It ultimately, totally failed This is why Christmas and Easter are tied together beautifully. Because one is the coming into this world of Christ. The other is the redemption of this world through Christ. It begins with the success of God and mankind that God visits that God shows up. God didn't send a prescription for antibiotics. No, the great physician, he made a house call and he showed up. And the darkness could not withstand the onslaught. And the darkness could not survive the light. And when it was time, the Father sent his Son. And when it was time, the Father called forth his Son because Jesus is the light. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In the same way that Jesus is the living water and he transforms his followers into wells of living water themselves, so the light of men transforms his followers into as Matthew said a city set on a hill so it is our mission it is our purpose to be the light that he calls us to be so crank up the lumens my friend it is time to let our light shine. Some of you have never encountered the light. I mean, you know about it. You know about lighting candles and you know about the songs we sing, but you only know about, you don't really know the one who came to Bethlehem. You changed everybody. Some of, some of you experienced Christ, but to be honest, somewhere along the way you got sidetracked, you've become selfish, maybe bitter, maybe self-engrossed, and it's always about you. Everything's about you. Holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, church, it's all about you. I want, I like, I need, why don't, I can't, confused, what's wrong with? A wise person told me once, and she's sick this morning, or she would hear me say this. She said, quit worrying about what time the kids are coming for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Quit worrying about how long they're staying with this relative or that relative or why do they get such a late start? And She said, stop it. You have three children who love you and they're doing the best they can. And they want to be with us. You should thank God that you've been given such gifts as this. Sounds like a wise person, doesn't it? Wouldn't we all do well to make it less about us and more about Him?